The Legal Corner Podcast Series. Welcome to today's episode of The Legal Corner, a podcast which covers a variety of legal issues to keep you informed. Hosted by attorney at law Colin Dinoon and communication specialist Leonardo Torres. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Legal Corner podcast series. In today's episode, we'll be looking at the Caribbean single market and economy, CSME. And we will be traveling to our sister Caribbean nation of Antigua and Barbuda. Our distinguished guest today is Ms. Janice St. Germain. And just to tell you a bit about her, Janice St. Germain is an attorney at law and international trade law consultant. As a woman in trade from a small island developing state, she is passionate about trade facilitation, international trade, finance and investment, and the intersection of sustainable development, gender, and environment all within the scope of trade. Her academic background includes an LLM in legislative drafting and an LLM with distinction in international trade law. And her main research interests span the fields of trade, trade finance, and facilitation, social protection, food security, gender, and the environment, all in the context of economic growth. She is a former Chevening awardee, and her work experience spans across the public, private, and international sectors, ranging from the Antigua and Barbuda Ministry of Legal Affairs to the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development, UNCTAD. She is also the author of a trade law blog, entitled Navigating Trade Winds. Good day to you, Janice, and welcome to the Legal Corner podcast series. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to this episode. Lovely. Janice, we're going to get right into it, and I want you to tell us what led to the genesis of the CSME. Well, I would say that the Caribbean single market and economy, which is also called the CARICOM single market and economy, originated from the desire among Caribbean nations to deepen their integration and, of course, to foster economic development. Um, I also think that to discuss its genesis, we have to backtrack a little bit and we have to do kind of a historical recap because first there was the Caribbean free trade area, uh, which is called what's called CARIFTA, um, which was born out of the Caribbean free trade agreement in 1965. So at the time, that would have served as the governing body post the West Indies Federation to remove tariffs and to um, handle other barriers to interregional trade in goods. But that was dissolved in 1973 when the Treaty of Chagaramas, as we know it, was signed in Guyana. And um, that, of course, is the treaty that created a common market within the Caribbean region known as CARICOM. So following that, in 1989... At the 10th meeting of the Conference of the Heads of Government of CARICOM, which was that was taking place in Granance in Grenado, the heads of government decided to transform what at the time was just the limited common market, CARICOM in its original state, into a fully-fledged single market and single economy, which is formally what we know as the Caribbean or CARICOM single market and economy. <laughs> right. Well, thank you for that historical perspective. What are the objectives of the CSME. Right. So the the objectives would be deepening economic integration. This is what they actually said at that conference in Granance. They were saying they wanted to deepen economic integration by advancing beyond a, a common market towards a more single market and economy structure. They wanted to 
widen the membership and expand the economic mass of the Caribbean community. And they also wanted to progress the insertion of the region into the global trading and economic system. And they wanted to do that by strengthening trading links um, with other partners. So in terms of deepening the economic integration as an objective, that's what would really involve the free movement of goods, of services, capital, and of course, of people. I know there's a skills national program. I want you to talk to us a bit about that. Sure. Yeah. So the Skill Nationals program is actually one of the pivotal aspects of CSME. Um, what it is, is a program that allows for the mutual recognition of skills and qualifications among member states in order to facilitate the movement of those skilled professionals across borders. So it's intended to address labor market imbalances across member states and also to promote regional cooperation. Um, in terms of the way it's been going, I know that in a press release recently, well, when I say recently, I mean this year. So there was a press release from March of 2023 where the Secretary General actually stated that based on its the Secretariat's own analytic study, they found that with the existing approved skill categories, because there's different categories of skilled workers, only between 26 and 36% of the workforce regionally actually have access to that skilled national regime. So while the, I would say that the skilled nationals program is working, it's something that CARICOM itself is constantly looking for ways to improve um, and to improve access towards for regional citizens. What role does the revised Treaty of Chagamas play in the operation of the CSME? Well, I think it plays well, the most critical role, really. The revised Treaty of Chagaramas is what we would say is the legal foundation for the CSME. It's what established the framework for it and for economic integration. It outlines the rights and the obligations of member states. It also covers um, various aspects such as the free movement of goods, services, and it's the revised treaty which would have made provision for the free movement of skilled nationals in the first place. Okay, at this point, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back and thank you for staying with us. Denise, just before the break, you were giving us an idea of the pivotal role that the revised Treaty of Chagamas plays in the operation of the CSME. I want us now to look at the actual implementation of the CSME and I would like you to tell us what regional organizations aid in the implementation of the CSME. Of course. So going back to the revised treaty, it actually makes several provisions for regional organizations. Um, and there are several organizations that play key roles, such as the Caribbean Regional Organization on Standards and Quality, um, sometimes called CROSQ. So it's C-R-O-S-Q. This organization 
establishes regional standards um, in the manufacture and trade of goods, which all member states must adhere to. So naturally, you can understand why that's important. There's also COTED, or the Council for Trade and Economic Development, also a very pivotal um, institution. And of course, we all know the Caribbean Court of Justice, which has two jurisdictions. In the exercise of its appellate jurisdiction, the CCJ would consider and determine appeals in both civil and criminal matters for those um, member states that are signed on to the court. But in its original jurisdiction, the CCJ is responsible for the interpretation and application of the Treaty of Chagaramas and the revised treaty. So it's it's the court of arbitration for trade disputes under the CSME, if you want to call it that. So there are other organizations, but there are so many. <laughs> I don't want to list them all. Um, <laughs> but a number of these right. entities are spelled. But that was in just an treaty. overview. You just give us an <laughs> overview. <laughs> and they all collaborate, you know, provide technical assistance, monitor the progress, and of course, address the challenges that are taking place in the implementation process. Now, for the longest while, I have been hearing about the, the CSME, but it hasn't been fully implemented. So I want you to tell us what is required for there to be a full implementation of the CSME. You're right. If you are someone in the Caribbean, uh, you've definitely heard about the CSME and you've been hearing about it for a long time. The thing is, the CSME is always intended to be implemented through a number of phases, um, which we'll get into a little bit later. But that first phase as the Caribbean single market was expected to be fully implemented in 2006. But then we had the financial crisis of 2007 to 2008 and the Great Recession. So then in 2011, CARICOM heads of governance kind of declared that progress towards the single economy had been put on hold. Um, so in order to answer your question, I would say the completion of the CSME would be achieved with the harmonization of economic policy as one thing, um, free movement as another thing, and possibly, of course, a single currency. And these are things that are being done. We have them working currently on regional accreditation bodies who would assess the qualifications for, uh, in order to, I would say, better facilitate the free movement of persons. Um, with regard to the currency, you'd need negotiation and political approval of the protocol of, on enhanced monetary cooperation agreements among central banks. There's also a lot of detailed technical work on the harmonization of our taxation regimes and our fiscal incent incentives. Um, there was actually a special summit on the CSME that was held in Trinidad and Tobago, actually, back in 2018. And at that time, there was a three-year plan which was supposed to be implemented on the CSME. Um, but of course, well, let me speak a bit about the plan. So the plan was supposed to uh, actualize working on Haiti's full integration by 2020, also harmonizing company law by the end of 2020, continuing work on a CARICOM financial services agreement. But as you know, in 2020, we had... Well, 2021, that period thereafter, we had a global pandemic. And so full implementation in the region, I would say, has always been sort of hindered by external, um, aside from some of our internal issues, there's also external occurrences which would have hindered full implementation. 
And I think that full implementation really requires commitment and cooperation among member states. I want you to expand a bit now on the obstacles. What are the obstacles that have hindered the full implementation of the CSME? Right. Well, I did kind of start touching on it before. I would say, in general, challenges sometimes have been, I want to say, disparities in economic development among member states. So that's one thing. Um, Although we are a regional bloc, not everybody is at the same level of development. And sometimes us being in different places is an internal hindrance in terms of uh, harmonizing certain policies or coming to an agreement on certain policies. So there's that regulatory divergence. Um, There's also issues, I would say, that are related to governance and institutional capacity. As a region, um, the type of institutional knowledge and the the type of capacity that is needed to bring the full implementation of the CSME to fruition is sometimes it's just not there. So there's that. And there's also, of course, the financial capacity. A number of these things that I've listed require, they require financing. And so <laughs> those are some major hindrances. There's also differences in our national laws and regulations. So there are administrative complexities to kind of work out between us. That hinders the seamless movement of goods, of services, of people. There's infrastructural constraints, which, as I mentioned, we have financial constraints, which rolls over into this. We don't necessarily have the best transportation infrastructure in the region, especially not um, air-wise. And that can limit the trade and investment flows within our region. There's skills mismatches, again, the availability of skilled labor in certain sectors might not align with the demand across all Carco member states. And then in addition to that, you might say I'm going on for a while, but we also have very unique vulnerabilities to grapple with. Continue. (laughs) The rest of the world, you know, that saying that says um, when the rest of the world sneezes, we catch a cold. Yes. Um, You would have heard me. Right, so you would have heard me mention the financial, well, I mentioned the global pandemic. Um, There's also the financial crisis that would have happened in the 2010s. So a lot of times when our heads of government would have met and they would have set out objectives, these would have been interrupted by global occurrences. Aside from that, we also have historical circumstances to grapple with. So for example, there are some member states that are still, some member states of CARICOM, that are still associated states uh, or overseas territories. So some states, for example, would need permission in order to do certain things. And Montserrat is a very good example of this. Montserrat is a member of CARICOM under the conditions which existed immediately prior to the coming into force of the revised Treaty of Chagramas. So they're not a member of the CSME, but despite this, they, as far as possible, try to align their legislation and to implement aspects of the CSME, but they're not actually a member. They would have asked for permission from the UK and that would have been denied. Um, So those are some things that are, as I said, historical circumstances which sometimes impact on it. There's also our geography itself. For some CARICOM member states, such as Haiti, you would have heard me mention that Haiti was supposed to have been fully integrated by 2020. That was that progress was sort of interrupted and it's still ongoing. 
when I say geography, I mean the fact that we're all aware of the 2010 earthquake that Haiti would have um, experienced. On, and it was very unfortunate. And at that time, they would have then had to focus on rebuilding their country. So there are, there are things that impact on us. We're very small and vulnerable. So all of this <laughs> amalgamates into hindrances that really sort of um, are roadblocks to the full implementation of the CSME. Do you believe that the full potential of the CSME will ever be fully realized? <laughs> well, after that long list of, um, that very long list I was giving of obstacles. <laughs> I, you know what? I think that optimism the obstacles is- and hindrances. <laughs> yeah, but I think to answer you, I would say yes. I think that optimism is very crucial. We obviously have challenges that were outlined, but I think that the CSME remains a very significant regional initiative. It's a huge undertaking, and so it needs a lot of collaboration, a lot of continued commitment. It needs a lot of strategic interventions, but I do believe that the, the full potential can be realized, which would then bring about sustainable economic growth and the development in the Caribbean region that we're all looking for. It has already made a significant amount of progress in fostering regional economic integration and in improving all of our lives collectively. So I definitely think that with that continued commitment that I mentioned and with collective action, it can serve as a very powerful engine for economic growth and sustainable de- development, as well as regional resilience. Before we go, Janice, just talk to us a bit about your blog and how can persons access it? All right, sure. So I do have an international trade blog. It's called Navigating Trade Winds. Um, and you can find that at navigatingtradewinds.squarespace.com. I look forward to any new readers that might be interested in reading what I have to offer. The content is very similar to what we would have discussed today. I talk about trade and the environment, trade and digitization, sustainable development. Um, and it's it's very introductory. So you don't necessarily have to be somebody who's fully immersed in the space of trade. But I just hope to create a space where persons who are interested in development, in some of what I would, would have discussed today, can at least um, have an easy and accessible way to, you know, come to terms with those topics and, of course, to reach out to me. Denise Saint-Domain, attorney at law and international trade consultant, I would like to thank you very much for taking the time to be with us. Thank you, actually. The pleasure is mine. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I really hope that our discussion would spark further interest in that, in the dynamic landscape that we have of regional economic integration and, of course, conversation around this CSME. Thank you for listening to the Legal Corner podcast series. For more information, please visit us at our Facebook or Instagram pages or send your comments to the Legal Corner podcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.